This week's episode of The Skeptocrat is brought to you by Harry's. Convenient home delivery for half the price of the leading five-blade razor. Save time and money with Harry's. But first, listen to The Skeptocrat. It's Monday. It's August 7th. And the word of the day is Pina. That's P-O-E-N-A. In Roman mythology, Pina was the attendant of punishment to Nemesis, the goddess of divine retribution. Used in a sentence, Hey, Jared Kushner, the subpoena's even scarier when you consider where the Pina part comes from, huh? Ah, I miss when people acknowledged when gods were evil. I don't know what you're talking about. I do it all the time. I'm no <laughs> illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick, and broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 55, the Trump administration finally tackles that positional stability problem they were having. We'll join the nation in mourning the loss of the mooch. Eli will try to do a story about football players. And Donald Trump decides who to hate next. But first, the diatribe. Second time in a week that I've introduced my own segment. This is starting to feel weird. I miss Heath. Yeah. I miss Heath. Me too. You know, as weird as this is to say, it's not too late for this to be a story of American political integrity. I know what a lot of you are thinking, right? It's Donald fucking Trump. Without a damnatio memoriae, we're never going to look like anything but a bunch of fucking idiots in the history book. And that much is true, right? We're always going to be remembered as America's stupidest electorate. We'll always be remembered as the group who abdicated their responsibility to democracy to the least forgivable degree. So, yeah. It's too late to save our historical reputation, but it's not too late to save America's. See, as much as I hate patriotic, posthumous dick-sucking of the Founding Fathers, one thing we can say for certain is that they saw Donald Trump coming. The vast majority of the effort expended when crafting our system of government was spent in hopes of securing our national government from an authoritarian demagogue. Now, luckily for us, we got a couple of centuries of practice before we had to really deal with one. But here we are, and it's not too late for the checks and balances to work. You know, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen what very well may be the first waves of a sea change. The nearly unanimous sanctions bill passed through Congress last week is a pretty clear indicator that even the Republicans in Congress are losing their patience with Trump. And while you can rightly charge that they should have done that months ago, we should back up a bit before we condemn them as wholly immoral. I mean, think about it from from the other perspective, right? Imagine we had the liberal Trump, a complete fuck up that was brazenly corrupt, but but might still get a lot of good liberal legislation passed. Now, I'm not saying we wouldn't call for his head at this point. I, I feel like the the nature of liberalism is way more attuned to government corruption, or at least as it pertains to profiteering. But we all saw how hesitant a lot of Democrats were to condemn Obama's use of drones and his inhumane deportation policies, for example. Now, now granted, these are a hell of a ways from the kind of third world dictator shit Trump's trying to pull. But as an illustrative example, it, it makes it a lot easier to kind of get in the head of a Republican lawmaker at this point. I mean, it takes some motivated reasoning to get there, but you don't have to be a complete moral degenerate to convince yourself that you as a lawmaker can rein in the worst aspects of Trump and still use him to pass the conservative legislation that you honestly believe is best for the country. 
And I think in a very real way, that insulates the GOP to a point, at least from a like a base ethical perspective. Of course, for this to be true, they have to wake up to reality at some point. But the increasingly vitriolic pushback to Trump's policies that we're seeing, even from the most conservative lawmakers, is a pretty healthy indicator that they might be rubbing the sleep out of their eyes at this point. You know, but 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 even before that, the institutions kicked in, right? I mean, Trump wanted to do all kind of dictatory shit when he came into office, but the courts were quick to push back on a lot of it. You know, he walked into the office with the assumption that the kind of corruption he read about in Breitbart was real, only to learn that no, in fact, the FBI director will not kiss the royal ring. No, executive orders aren't dictatorial fiat. No, career diplomatic officials will not sit idly by while you casually offer to send troops into Mexico to quell their drug problem or or when you do that to Chicago. You know, I know it's not a popular thing to say, but America is a pretty damn good country. You know, we may be sucking our own dicks an awful lot, but most of us buy into the national mythos, at least to some degree. And in a lot of ways, that makes it true. You know, why do you think all these leaks keep coming out of the White House, if not from concerned Americans that buy into the national ideal of freedom and transparency? You know, if America wasn't undergirded by a very real belief in the rule of law, why wouldn't Comey pledge allegiance to Trump and drop the Flynn investigation? It would have been in his best interest from a purely personal perspective. Now, if you argue that he was motivated by self-interest and he was just trying to protect his own historical reputation, well, even that admits to some of the inherent value in our national mythology, right? Because it assumes that future generations are going to judge him by his adherence to the rule of law and his commitment to the national ideas of equality. You know, the point is... American democracy is being tested in a way it hasn't been tested before. And if it passes that test, it'll be a testament to the strength of this nation's commitment to law that will serve as a historical example of institutional integrity in the future. Now, granted, that'll require a party in power to impeach or castrate its own president. But that unprecedented step will be the reason why it'll have so much significance. Right. The rules we set out almost a quarter of a millennia ago and all the revisions since are getting their first real world test. We actually have that would be King George at the top of the pyramid. And we're finding out for the first time if the safeguards we put in place are going to be sufficient. And as bad as things look right now, so far, the barricades are holding. Now, a good argument can be made. This has less to do with the strength of our system and more to do with the incompetence of its would-be antagonists. And that may be true. A better strong man may have been able to more adroitly subvert our democracy. But then again, we already had a way smarter guy try, and he failed too. Look, I'll admit that it's really hard to make out the silver lining on these particular clouds, but it is there. And as bad as we think it is, Venezuela would be happy to remind us how bad it isn't. Tyler, get in here. Uh, yes, Mr. S- sir, what happened to your face? Oh, uh, yeah, guess I'm a little on the scraggly side. Your your beard is like three different colors. Yeah, yeah, some of that is a witch's curse. A what? Uh, you, you know what, never mind. Why don't you just sign up for Harry's? Who? Harry's. They're an awesome razor delivery service that delivers awesome high-quality razors at half the price of the leading five-blade razor. I use it because of the close shave and the convenient home delivery. Really? You use it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. It saves time and money. Wow. Sounds like a great time saver. But I'm not a man who takes chances. I'm very careful. You tweeted a nonsense word i don't see how that's related well harry's is so confident you're gonna love their blades they'll give you a trial shave set for free when you sign up at harry's.com slash skeptocrat you just pay for the shipping wait 
They'll give me the trial kit for free. I just have to pay for the shipping. Yeah, and your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Now, when you say lubricating strip... I'm not going to answer you- that question, so don't finish it. Claim your free trial offer from Harry's today. $13 value for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. To get your free trial, go to harrys.com slash skeptocrat right now. That's harrys.com slash skeptocrat. You know what, tall guy? You convinced me. I'm in. How, how is it that some of the hairs are so long? She's a very powerful witch, Tyler. Very powerful. What? The best witch. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat Eli Bosnick. Eli, Heath's on vacation still, so are you ready to make the jokes that Heath won't allow? You're damn right I am, Noah. This episode is all about some choice words I have for both ramen and beaches. There you go. I was honestly all but counting on a vicarious marriage proposal, but I guess that'll do. Yeah, it's no fun if he's not here to freeze in terror. Well, but but think about how much funnier it would be if he didn't do that until he was supposed to say, I do. Oh, right? that'd be great. Be hilarious. That would be great. He's 35. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in our lead story tonight, we could all breathe a little easier this week now that that troublemaker Reince Priebus is out of the White House and shit can start running smoothly again. Because clearly, Reince was the problem. That's That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> lucky us. The longtime Republican strategist was replaced by the utterly qualificationless head of Homeland Security, John Kelly, because Trump likes to play with army men even more than fire trucks. He's just like, I got a water type now. Yeah, water type. <laughs> Good. All right, so... In the clearest indication yet that Donald Trump probably thinks he's still hosting The Apprentice, we saw a rash of firings, resignations, position shiftings, and whatever the fuck you call that thing that happened with Scaramucci since our last episode. The Mooch! He will be missed. He lasted so (laughs) short a time, we didn't get to talk about him. Yeah, right? Right. (laughs) By the time we had another episode out, he was gone. And of course, this all came in an abortive effort to prove that the White House was not a flaming pile of incompetence. Somehow. So we can now add Priebus, Scaramucci, and Spicer to the list of high-profile resignations or firing in the six-months-old administration here. Um, and if you weren't keeping track, by the way, that list already includes Sally Yates, Michael Flynn, Deputy Chief of Staff Katie Walsh, James Comey, Census Bureau Director John Thompson, Mike Dubke, Office of Government Ethics Director Walter Shaw, Preet Bharara, and all those other U.S. attorneys that he hid Preet Bharara's firing within. Okay, but to be fair, uh, fair and balanced, Mike Flynn was conspiring with Turkey to kidnap a guy. But, you know, well, broken clock twice a day. I get well, it. I'm just saying. Exactly, because that's not what they fired him for. <laughs> right, right. The, the, the terms of the termination were lying to Mike Pence about conspiring with Turkey to kidnap a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's worth noting that early indicators suggest that Kelly is getting a lot more leeway to actually do his job than Priebus ever got, which has led a number of desperate Republican pundits to declare this a new beginning for the beleaguered president. (laughs) The headlines of the Federalist are now just, wait, hear me out. (laughs) 
One <laughs> second. I'm gonna. Gah. No, I get. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but now I, I should point out. Okay, this narrative largely rests on the fact that Trump let Kelly fire uh, Anthony Scaramucci over his profanity-laden tirade to the New Yorker. Um, and after all, this line of thinking argues if he's allowed to fire somebody Trump just brought in over the objections of his top advisors, he must have some real autonomy to clean shit up. But it's worth tempering that assumption with the fact that Trump was under enormous pressure from evangelical leaders to fire Scaramucci after he used the F word so darn much. And evangelicals are the only people left that are willing to buy his brand of bullshit. So nothing has happened. And until something does, I'm not going to declare this four alarm dumpster fire extinguished just yet. But of course, the most devastating aspect of these changes from a professional perspective anyway is the loss of that bright shining light in the abyss that man who gave hope out like candy and the first place in the west wing to go for a good coke hookup anthony the mooch scaramucci who joins us here today anthony thanks for joining us hey how you doing up tap i had no doubt that you would be a really hard high fiver this guy fucking gets it your nose is bleeding like crazy bro yeah too much blood in my body. Anyways, keeps me clean. Keeps me clean. Right. Right. So tell us, uh, what are your plans now that your 10-day tenure in the White House is over? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, got a lot done in 10 days. Totally renovated my office. Moved some shit into folders on the desktop. But to answer your question, I'm thinking my band is really going to take off. Your band? Yeah. It's called mooch and the moochers and mostly rush covers we do some speed metal too you Uh know i like to like okay okay anthony anthony sorry i'll pay for that well thanks for that at least um well okay uh before i forget please don't release any of this all right this is just between us right this is just you what no no anthony i'm a broadcaster you can you can see the mics. You saw me press record. Come on, man. Don't don't fuck me. I would definitely not. It's been a bad week, man. She took my baby away. They took it away. The the one whose whose birth you missed. And the cats in cradle with silver spoon. Okay, so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, the mooch will not be here. Tyler, get in here. Yes, Mr. President. Ooh, ooh, what's that? It's a smoothie, sir. Ooh, a smoothie. What's in it? Uh, Pepto Bismol and 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 Tums. Uh, I don't like fruit. Did I'm sorry. Did you need something, sir? Yeah, it's about my app approval rating. Uh huh. Yeah. So stop me if I'm wrong on this, but 100% of people only app approve of 30% of what I'm doing. Is that right? Not at all. App approve isn't even a, a a word. Okay. Okay. Got it. Give it to me straight, Ty Ty, Miss American Pie. All right, sir. Uh, 37% of Americans think you're 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 doing a good job at all. J- ju- just only th- 37%. Wow. Really? Yeah, it's, it's historically uh, a, a bad, sir. Gosh. Thai food. Maybe I've been doing this all wrong. Maybe I need to step back and reassess my goals as president. I think maybe I just got caught up in the spin and the lights, and and now's my chance to turn it around, you know? Uh, r- really? Nope, not at all. Oh, 
Holy shit, what, what is this? When did you do all of this? Had it done a couple of months ago, TIE Fighter. Got bored. Who's ready to spin the wheel of hatred? Who the hell is this guy? Ha <laughs> I'm Chet Blakely. He's Chet Blakely. Our first contestant will be Donald from New York. Tell us about yourself, Donald. Hey, I, I feel like I, I'm dreaming. Am I dreaming? Well, I'm 72 years old. I'm the president of the United States, and I want to fuck my daughter. Is this shit on TV? Okay, Donald, are you ready to spin the wheel of hatred? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You got trans people. I'll get right on Twitter. No more trans army mans. Too short. Can I spin again? Hell, you're the president. Why not? Uh, yes, Karen. Um, pretty sure I'm in hell. I, I know I, I say that a lot, but can you please check to see if I'm dead again? Looks like you got legal immigrants. You know what? I'm going to skip to the chaser. Can I just keep spinning until it lands on black people who are smarter than me? You sure can. Okay, Karen, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that, but let's not give in easy, right? What would would it take to change the answer to yes? (laughs) (laughs) And now, back to the headlines. And in Screltapay news tonight, former drug company and hedge fund executive and owner of both a -a one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang Clan album and the world's most punchable face, Martin Screlly, is finally eating some just desserts this week when he was convicted of two counts of security fraud. Yeah, I mean, you can rip off dying people with AIDS and shit, but we have laws against doing that shit to rich people, damn it. Yeah! (laughs) Uh, Screlly, for those who just woke up from a coma and downloaded our podcast, gained international infamy for acquiring a company and then jacking up the price of an HIV drug like a real-life 80s villain for testing, and mm-hmm. then began, proceeded to be not at all sorry about it. <laughs> Anyways, he faces up to 20 years in prison, though his sentence will almost certainly be shorter, and yeah. honestly, that's fine, because it means we can all go back to forgetting he ever existed while he sits in a cell, unable to ask people to call him and tell him how much they hate him, or play video games while streaming on Twitch. I mean, look, I very rarely root for prison rape but 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 like if he got force fucked by an inmate with aids you'd have to at least appreciate the comic irony right that's that's just literary criticism no you're not saying any you're just (laughs) you're just making a point all right take it up with foucault anyway screlly (laughs) on the other hand seemed unshaken by the news that everyone in the world was rooting for him (laughs) to get kicked in the nuts by all the mighty ducks in order saying quote (laughs) This was a witch hunt of epic proportions, and maybe they found one or two broomsticks, but at the end of the day, we've been acquitted of the most important charges, end quote. <laughs> Which is not what witch hunt means when you no. turn out to be a witch. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sure that will be the first thing he tells the cab driver when he leaves prison in a decade. Yeah, right. Well, no, I love this. Like, like, But yeah, no, I was charged with a lot, but look at all the shit I was acquitted of. I was acquitted of way more shit than I was convicted of. I came out ahead. Yeah, it's, if, if you're keeping score, I'm, I win. Yeah. All right, so next up from the difference between white and wrong file, in a somehow even more racist revival of the white man's burden, according to internal documents from the Justice Department, the blacks have had it too easy for long enough. 
The documents, first published by the New York Times, show the DOJ preparing to redirect resources from the Civil Rights Division towards investigating and possibly suing colleges and universities that ensure diversity through affirmative action. Because it's about damn time the whites caught a break. Oh, come on, Patreon dollars. Let them roll in. Oh, no, you were joking. You were yeah, joking. I was. No, well, I was yeah. Look, I, just in case, I think we can all agree the one guy for the front of the brochure is more than enough. More than enough. <laughs> exactly. We just get a black Asian guy and then everyone else can be white. Now, look, I want to acknowledge right up front that there actually are some non-racist reasons to object to race-based admissions, especially when you consider like that a lot of universities have to have more stringent standards for asian americans to ensure diversity that being said i'm all but life bettingly certain that those are not the reasons inspiring jeff sessions yeah exactly jeff sessions and michelle alexander do not have the same goals (laughs) it's it's like knowing about the holocaust like if someone is super interested in the holocaust you are a historian or you're a Nazi. Like, there's really... <laughs> and Jeff Sessions is not a historian. Um, it's probably worth pointing out, too, that the law is on the side of universities that do this, right? This has been adjudicated by the Supreme Court. Of course, the threat of a federal lawsuit could be all that many universities need to revamp their admission policies, even if they know the law's on their side. And let's be fair, who the fuck knows which way today's Supreme Court would go on this, given their seeming animosity to precedent? Kennedy comes out, okay, uh, the black students can stay, but they have to resurface some church playgrounds. <laughs> also, Gorsuch kept bringing up if we could revisit Dred Scott, and <laughs> I don't want to eat lunch with him anymore. I do not. <laughs> can have his we own got that thing. right the first time, guys. I'll go out. Now, to be fair, the DOJ is calling the reports inaccurate. According to spokeswoman Sarah Isger Flores, quote, the Department of Justice has not received or issued any directive, memorandum, initiative or policy related to university admissions in general, end quote. But it's worth pointing out that the New York Times article never said that they had. All they said was that the DOJ was seeking lawyers in the civil rights department that would be interested in doing that. And, and well, I guess that could have just been a wacky new way of divvying up the interest civil rights division softball game this year. Those are pretty fucking good. That's not the explanation. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe instead of shirts and skins, they were going with hoods and skinheads. (laughs) Possibly open minded. (laughs) And from the he hasn't a cluey news tonight. Houston defensive tackle and man dedicated to making his name ironic. DJ Reader took to the Internet this week to let us know. He doesn't think dinosaurs are real. It's like they're running out of shit to not believe in, right? Like Rayshaw Minkins is just sitting in the locker room with it going, all right, all right, I'll see your dinosaurs and uh, I'll raise your sailboats and otters. Bunch of hidden motors and weasels on steroids, if you ask me. That shit don't exist. <laughs> His teammate's just like, you should tweet that. You should tweet that. <laughs> So, responding to a tweet by teammate J.J. Watt that said, quote, Our lockers have been next to each other for over a year, and I just found out that at DJ Reed 98 doesn't believe in dinosaurs, says fossils are fake, end quote. Reader replied, Don't knock my theories, man. Have less stupid theories, bro. Right? That's our feedback. <laughs> now... As is the pattern with these news stories, many took to Twitter in the desperate hope that he was joking, but (laughs) he is not. No. Telling fans that he was, quote, dead serious, that, quote, science isn't always an absolute truth. Some man taught us science, too, but you got it, (laughs) LOL. I'm good with my thoughts, quote. And my favorite, quote, 
So what animal today resembles a pterodactyl? End quote. I think the uh, answer to that is is bird. Is it bird? I think it's bird. <laughs> also, pterodactyls weren't dinosaurs. They were fucking pteranodons, dude. Pa- paleontologists could not have made that name any easier on you, DJ. Yeah, they were tetrahedrons, DJ. No. Tetrahedrons. Not that. And in nuke and improved news tonight, deified man-baby Kim Jong-un finds himself all that much closer to his dreams of nuclear genocide after a successful ICBM test last Friday. According to experts, the recent advances put major U.S. cities firmly in North Korea's crosshairs. While the missiles only traveled about 600 horizontal miles, it also traveled 2,300 vertical ones, which means that with a more typical missile-type trajectory, it could have easily reached Chicago. Some experts say it might even have the range to hit important cities like New York. Oh, man. I look out the window on September 25th, day before my birthday, see the mushroom cloud. I'm so mad. Right. Oh, beat me to it. Fucking plans. Now, in response to this, the world rightly freaked the fuck out because, look, it's wantonly ignorant to pretend that U.S. policy hasn't provoked the fuck out of the North Korean regime. But it's just as ignorant to pretend Kim Jong-un isn't a homicidal, insane person with very little grip on reality. So so much so that even North Korea's stalwart ally China urged him to calm the fuck down. Now, as scary as the most credible threat of nuclear war in the past 45 years is, we can at least take comfort in the fact that we have rational, clear-headed leadership on our side. Something about desks, right? I'm supposed to get under my desk? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I don't remember. Might as well. Yeah, you can do a lot of fun stuff under there before you die. And finally tonight, in You're Breaking My Walls news. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the Washington Post has published alleged transcripts of President Trump's conversations with two foreign leaders. One with Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto, and another with Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. And they are amazing oh my god the words trump colon so you into minecraft would not have seemed out of place in either conversation oh so, okay let's be clear here let me say you should read these transcripts you right? you owe it to yourself yeah. they are my rendition of the mooch cry singing cat in the cradle level <laughs> of pathetic and you owe it to yourself you owe it to yourself to watch our bloviating read the back of one how to influence people 1980s body language book <laughs> president try to use techniques that would make a pickup artist blush on world leaders yes <laughs> and, and and it's even more fun reading the foreign leaders trying not to say what the fuck is wrong with you bro the whole time <laughs> just like uh-huh I, I have heard you. understand that you have said those words now. <laughs> you you expect Marsh to get on the line? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you say to people who say it? Uh, okay, so here are some, but not all, of the highlights. In the phone call with the Mexican president, Trump says he won New Hampshire because it's, quote, a drug-infested den, end quote. <laughs> yes. He offers to help out the Mexican president with his, quote, tough hombre problem, saying, quote, you have some pretty tough hombres in Mexico that you may need help with, and we are willing to help you with that big league, but they have to be knocked out, and you have not done a good job of knocking them out, end quote. 
And then he begs the Mexican president <laughs> multiple times not to tell anybody that Mexico won't pay for the wall, saying, quote, I cannot live with that. You cannot say that to the press. The press is going to go with that, and I cannot live with that. You cannot say that to the press because I cannot negotiate under those circumstances. And my favorite, Bibi Netanyahu told me the wall works. <laughs> Jesus. Also, there was a point where he asked the translator to cut it out with all that Spanish bullshit. Like, he, actually, at one point, he's like, look, I know he knows what the fuck I just said, Carlos, so pipe down. Okay, pipe down. <laughs> Indeed. So, moving to the infamous phone call with Australia at this point, America's hot fuckable cousin, the president kept calling him Malcolm, said, this is going to kill me. I am the world's greatest person that does not want to let people into the country. What end the quote. fuck does that mean? Uh, I, if I hadn't had a conversation with a million racists who took a moment to tell me what a great person they were, I wouldn't understand it at all. But isn't that, it's the trademark, right? Look, I'm the yeah. least racist person you'll ever meet. Let's talk that IQ scores. really hates, yeah, exactly, yeah. And upon learning that he was not allowed to back out of a treaty that the black guy done did, said, quote, I've had it. I've been making these calls all day, and this is the most unpleasant call all day. Putin was a pleasant call. <laughs> this is ridiculous. End quote. And while our Australian listeners draft their, well, Turnbull isn't like better than Putin emails, we're going to wrap up episode 55. Thanks to me, thanks to Eli, and thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash Just like... All the people whose genitals Heath will compliment on the next episode. Sorry, I couldn't find his spreadsheet. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, got all the movies and citation needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. All right, and do me a favor. Try to fuck up in some humorous way at some point tonight, just so that we'll have you know, a little something extra for the, for the outtake. I have never needed to not try hard at a thing more than fucking up. I think okay. that sentence actually was a good yeah, enough. That, that pretty they, much does it. So I did it, everybody. <laughs> I have never not. No, it's the fluoride. <laughs> it's all the fluoride in the water. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.